0: This is episode number one hundred and thirty with Jeff Sanders. New concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Reach your full potential. Reach your full potential. Small win, small win, small win. Keep your momentum going. The Success One Hundred and One Podcast. Welcome to the Success 101 podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. And each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now, let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 podcast. As always, this is your host, Jared Warren. And I'm very excited today to bring you my good friend, Jeff Sanders. Jeff is a keynote speaker, a productivity coach, the creator of the 47 Strategies Productivity Self-Assessment, and the host of the 5 a.m. Miracle podcast, which I'm a big, big fan of. Jeff's main goal in the podcast and with all of his coaching resources is to really help you dominate your day before breakfast, and he does just that. As you will hear me say in our episode today, you owe it to yourself to head over to Jeff's website and check out the amazing resources he has there, and also check out his number 1 Amazon best-selling book on productivity, The 5 AM Miracle, which is designed to dominate your day before breakfast. Jeff loves early mornings, he loves running, and he, like me, enjoys just getting a ton of stuff done, but doing it the right way, working much smarter and not harder. I was very excited to reach out to Jeff and he doesn't do a lot of podcast interviews these days because he stays so busy with his own work so I was honored for him to come on the Success 101 podcast and bring him to you guys today so without any further delay let's cut right to my episode with Jeff Sanders. Jeff Sanders, welcome to the Success 101 podcast, buddy. How are you today? Doing well, Jared. Man, what an honor it is to have you on. And you are one of the very first podcasts that I came across whenever I was going through really a transformation in my life of snoozing for 14 years. If you go back and listen to some of my early episodes, my faithful listeners know that I snoozed for 14 years and always claimed that I was not a morning person. I couldn't work out in the morning. I couldn't get up in the morning. Part of that was because I was going to bed late and going to bed without getting restful sleep. So much of our AM is determined by our PM, of course. You know that better than most people out there. But once I tapped into the morning and started looking at the morning routine and started searching for podcasts about the morning, of course, your stuff came up all over the place. And man, I don't want to steal any of your thunder here on the show today. So why don't you take my listeners through how you tapped into what you and I both now know is just an incredible gift that we've been given, which is our time in the morning if we use it wisely, how you started in that and then some of the things that you're working on today just to help your listeners through uh, speaking engagements, through the podcast, just to help educate people more about time, productivity, and an awesome morning routine.
1: Yeah, I think my story really kind of dates back to when I was, I graduated college and was working a few kind of random jobs I didn't really love. And so on the side of that, I was building a side business, which is now what I do full time. And in the midst of kind of, you know, working a lot of hours every week, I was also training for a marathon. And I realized in the midst of this really busy schedule that, I didn't really have time to fit everything in, which is a very common story of a lot of people. And I felt that the only way that I was going to be able to actually make every day work was to get out of bed at 5 a.m. to go for a morning run before the work day began, which at the time was completely foreign to me because I was in no way an early riser. I was just one of those guys who would wake up at the very last minute, stressed out, you know, slap the alarm clock, run out of bed and get to work, you know, exhausted, overwhelmed, all that typical story. And so I didn't want to do that anymore. And I wanted to fit everything in. And so I got out of bed at 5 a.m. one morning and went for a run. And that very first morning, I realized, oh, my goodness, there is so much potential here. There is such an opportunity to get so much more done before the day really actually begins. And that sets the tone for the rest of the day. It's set the energy level for me. It set this mindset for me. Everything about the morning just seemed to work. And so I kept that habit up while I was training for the marathon. And then after the race was over, I kept the early morning routine going. Although instead of doing a run, I would work on a a business project or a personal project or do something else that was really important to me. And so I realized in that time, there was so much benefit to wake up and do something that mattered to me. And then the rest of the day, I was that much more productive. And I felt that much more accomplished already early in the day, which is why my podcast has the tagline to dominate your day before breakfast. That's kind of the lifestyle that I want to live is to wake up and do something powerful right away. And that's how I've lived the last about probably five years now. And it is an incredible journey that I've been on personally, which I've then shared a lot through the podcast, through speaking engagements, through my book, Uh, basically just talking about how amazing mornings are. And then more importantly, the intentionality behind all of that to say, you know, if I'm going to have these 24 hours in my day, how am I going to use those to the best of my ability uh, to make sure that my goals are being accomplished? And that's been my personal goal for myself. And then as I learn those lessons, I share those as much as I can because I think that all of us are on this, you know, journey where we're we're all busy. We all have a lot we want to get done. And it's that big, you know, question of how do we fit it all in? How do we get the right stuff done in the right hours to make sure that our days are productive and that we can sustain that long term. Uh, There's a lot that goes into it, but I think that ultimately for me, early mornings work, and the more that I do them, uh, the better I feel.
0: Okay, I'm eye to eye with you on this, and that was a great description, and I'm locked in with you every step of the way there. I'm always trying to think of how my listeners feel and how they interpret things whenever they're hearing things, maybe for the first time like I did about a year and a half ago. Let's fill in some gaps there for someone who maybe hasn't done this, who hasn't seen the benefits of the morning. The first question I would ask is, why 5 a.m.? I mean, you've built an entire brand off of that, so obviously you're passionate about that time frame. Why 5 a.m.? Well, 5 a.m. for me was very arbitrary. I chose that time
1: back when I had the day job because that was the best time for me to wake up and have time for a morning run to get back, shower, have breakfast, and then commute to work. And so I chose 5 a.m. for myself, but then I realized over time that for a lot of people, 5 a.m. represented a very early time. Like, it just sounds kind of painful almost because it is so early, And so over the years, I have kind of, you know, reframed my messaging a little bit to this, to the extent that 5 a.m. is totally optional. It's totally arbitrary. You don't have to choose 5 a.m., but you have to choose a time of the day that does represent to you what waking up intentionally means. And so if that's going to be five, that's great. If it's 530, if it's 730, whatever the time is, you choose that time intentionally and make your mornings count. And so, yes, five for me works really well. And I I think for a lot of people, 5 a.m. is a great time to wake up. Uh, But for the average person who just wants to wake up earlier and get more done, uh, you can choose whatever
0: time is best for your schedule. And you had mentioned, Jeff, that the first morning you woke up, I was surprised to hear you say this. The very first morning you woke up, you immediately realized what the benefit was. I know for me, maybe I was a little different on that. Whenever I started trying this transformation, uh, it took me a little while. You know, when you first wake up, you feel like, man, if this is what I'm going to feel like every morning when I get up this early, no thanks. I'll, I'll stay in the bed sounds like you found those benefits really quickly. What would you say to the person who might need some time to adjust to this new lifestyle? What are some, uh, some hacks or some techniques that you might have found helpful from your listeners calling in or writing in saying, hey, it took me a little bit longer, but here's what I used to cope with these feelings of fatigue and tiredness before I got my body in the habit of actually getting up this early each morning? Well,
1: it's a great question. I think the reality is my first morning was definitely like a, a standard wake up at 5 a.m. kind of morning. Like I was tired. What I realized that first day was, was the potential. So yes, I didn't feel fantastic, but I I was kind of awakened to the idea that this was going to be powerful for me. Uh, so the actual transition that I had initially to wake up earlier uh, was much, it was fast in the beginning, and then I kind of tapered it a little bit. So uh, in the book, I described two different models you can go for. Uh, one of them is kind of the overnight, just wake up tomorrow morning at 5 a.m., do it right away. It's a very masochistic, very painful experience usually uh, because it is a really you know stark transition. Uh, for most people, that doesn't work very well. It might work for a day or two, but long term, people seem to bounce back from that. And it doesn't work that well. What is most effective is to slowly transition to a time uh, that is best for you. So if your current wake-up call right now is 7.30 and you wanna do 6.30, then you would do just 15 minutes earlier each day for about a week. And so you might do 7.15 tomorrow and then seven a few days from now and then you know 6.45 a few days later. And so you taper it back like that. Every day is very easy to, to make that transition. And the other key thing is you want to wake up and be excited about the thing that you're doing. So for my first morning when I was, you know, this five years ago, I went to wake up and go for a run. I was excited about running. And so for me, I had this sense of anticipation and, and enthusiasm about the activity. It wasn't just a painful wake up and go to work kind of day. And so that's the key for a lot of people is you wake up and you have something that you really want to spend time on. It could be working on a book you want to write. It could be a study for grad school. It could be some personal project. But when you have a thing you care about... That drives you to want to wake up and then, then you don't feel nearly as tired because you, because you're enthusiastic and you're excited and you're energized and all of that flows from there. So I think the best thing to do is slowly transition and then with that time you now have, spend that time doing things that you love to do that you have not had time for up to that point and things that will want to make you go back and wake up again early the
0: next day and on and on from there. Yeah, I think that's key. There's three key takeaways I just took from that. Number 1 is transition slowly. I think so many people maybe if they do get excited about the morning, even if they hear your program and your routine and you know, they don't hear that important part, you know, it's like working out, right? We get super excited around the first of the year about working out and we just Dive straight into it. We're sore and we're fatigued. And it's like, okay, yeah, no thanks. And we don't stick with it for very long. The morning's the same way. We have to slowly transition into it. I love the whole idea about getting up 15 minutes earlier. Also, figuring out what you're going to do during that time. If you're waking up early and let's say you do feel bad at first and you don't have a clear purpose, mission, vision, plan, whatever you want to fill in the blank with. You might find yourself going, man, I got up early and all I did was just dive straight into works, not enjoyable work, creative work, but reactionary work, diving into emails. No, thanks. Let's not start our day like that. And then the third thing was to not focus on the way that you feel as much as you focus on just realizing the benefits of the morning. I know that was key for me as I started this morning routine is that, you know, it didn't feel great. It took me a little longer to transition into it because I always was that guy that snoozed for 14 years. I still can't believe it whenever I admit that, but that was me zombie, you know, to the max in the mornings. But once I started realizing the benefits, that's what took over my fatigue. That's what took over my feelings. And then uh, I'm, I'm sure you're the same way. It's like now I can't get to bed fast enough at night because I've unlocked what the morning really does uh, do. Jeff, people think I'm crazy because on Saturdays I've always, you know, I'm, I'm in a job here as a financial advisor. I've always loved the fact that I don't have to work weekends. I see a lot of people in retail and, you know, different places and nothing, you know, nothing wrong with that if you enjoy that. But I just find that they're spending lots of hours on their weekends working when they could be out doing some other things, and I've always loved the fact that I didn't have to do that. People get a little confused now whenever they hear that I wake up. um typically, I've got two alarms just in case I sleep through one because I do sleep with earplugs on. Luckily, I have a wife that's participant enough to uh, hit me in the back and get me out of bed. But one alarm is in the bathroom. One alarm is on an iPad right beside my head, so one is set for two fifty eight on Saturday mornings. one is set for three o'clock, so uh, get up about three o'clock on Saturday mornings, throw in a ball cap and some, you know, casual clothes or whatever. And I come into the office and it's amazing how I can put in five hours of work or so that's therapeutic work. Nobody's here pressing me for deadlines, what you know, I'm on my own time frame. I can put in five hours of work that's therapeutic work, getting caught up, getting things sent out, catching up on things long before my family even wakes up. And I'm back home for breakfast. And people hear that and they're like, dude, you're nuts. That is crazy. I would never do something like that. And I think you and I both know it's because they just haven't tapped into what that feels like to be that productive and get things done. So instead they get up, they go to bed late, they get up later, they come in trying to pound coffee and, you know, it's always, it's as soon as they get there diving into their emails and they just feel behind all the time. So thanks so much for your work on uh, just, you know, on your website, all the resources you have on there, sharing that with others and, uh, and just teaching us how to be better in the mornings as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, mornings are an exciting thing I think you're right that once you've tapped in that potential and you realize like how much time there actually is and then what you could do with that time, once you've experienced that for yourself and on a couple of things you love to do, it's incredibly addicting and you want to go back to it again and again. I know there's a, a coaching client of mine who lives in Australia, who lives on the beach and he loves to surf and he cannot get out of bed for work during the week, but he has no problem getting out of bed at 4am for early morning surf on the weekends. And it just goes to show like that's the power of caring about something that can drive you out of bed at like, whatever time that it happens to be. And then you could do that thing you love to do and you get that success from there. And so that's and it's so powerful to have that why behind, you know, the early morning to make sure that you're going to use those hours or things that you are passionate about and that really can you know send you on a path to being that successful over and over again.
0: Absolutely, it it is you know we don't do things as humans as fickle as we are with different things and decisions we make. We typically don't do things that are important until they become urgent. I know for me, it was urgent for me to get up early. I was doing quite a bit of studying uh, last year for a certified financial planning designation that I was getting, and uh, that forced me to get up early. So my morning started by default. I'm curious for you though. I didn't hear in your story there what the reason was, but most people don't just decide one day to start getting up at 5 a.m. What was it that was that provoking trigger for you to start getting up that early and seeing the benefits of it? Well, I think for me, I really just wanted to have a more sustainable um,
1: exercise schedule. So I had a marathon I was training for, and I really, I wanted that race to be kind of a, an important you know race in my life. And I realized that the way that I was training was never gonna work. So I had to have a system, like a systematic way of living that was going to get me those things I cared about. And the early morning workout was something that I was personally passionate about. I wanted to run. I just didn't really want to run at 5 a.m. But once I discovered that that was something that I, I love to do, that stuck really fast for me. And so that was a driving force. And I also talked about this on the podcast a lot that for a lot of people, it may not be marathoning, but early morning exercise is a very powerful thing uh, to cause you to systematically wake up and be physical and, and have that stick long term. So even if your morning activity is more low key, if you're going to you know get up and read for a while, it's not as energizing. And so if you get up and, and you actually move your body early on, uh, that will help you to then bounce out of bed the next day a lot easier. And so I really try to focus a lot of what I talk about on this physicality behind the whole thing, because it really is a, a physical thing to want to have your body literally get out of bed, as opposed to hitting the snooze button a million times. And so, it's important to find the thing that works for you that drives you out of bed. But whatever that is, you know, stick to that thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you may be, from a just a health standpoint, you may be better in line with what you're doing than sometimes what I am. You know, typically my alarm is going off if I can get to bed on time at night. It's going off at 3 a.m. That would be ideal for me is to get in bed early enough to get the hours I need and get up at 3 a.m. Because the morning just, I mean, that's the other thing that I realized, too. The morning flies by. I mean, when 7 o'clock, 7.30, whenever the sky starts getting light outside, I mean, there's there's almost this feeling within me where I'm like, oh, man, okay, my morning's over now. And, you know, I never would have thought that ever in a million years uh, would I have thought that. But again, it is just because of the incredible benefits that I can knock out in the morning. But from a health standpoint, 5 a.m. might be better than what I'm doing. I recently had uh, Dr. Michael Bruce on my podcast, who is the sleep doctor. He's out in L.A. He didn't come down on me on the podcast. I think he wanted to, though, whenever I was telling him some of the things as far as my rituals and routines. But he did reference a client that he had that was a fitness coach, and she had to drive quite a ways to get to one of her clients. So she was getting up at 3.30, and he told her, he said, look, you need to drop that client. And she said, hey, are you telling me to give up my income? He's like, no, don't give up your income altogether. But the income you get from that client by getting up at 330 in the morning, it's not going to help you from a health standpoint. You need to sleep a little bit longer. So I think five o'clock, for those of you listening out there, five o'clock may be right in line with when we should be getting up, just getting a little bit more rest. The human body was probably designed to stay in bed just a little bit longer than what I am. But again, I'm finding so much benefit out of it. It's hard to keep me in bed, Jeff. I mean, (laughs) when did you tap into this? How long ago was that for you? It was around five years ago, so
1: I was about probably 27 years old at the time. Uh, so for most of my life, I was definitely you know the late riser kind of guy. I wasn't a snoozer per se, but I was definitely the kind of guy that would wake up at the very last minute. And so my morning routine was really fast, really stressful. And I, I mean, a big part of my routine now is really slowing things down. I don't like to wake up and move really fast. I like to to move my body, but I don't want to feel like I am under the under the gun to really like make things sure. happen as fast as possible. Sure. But if I'm inspired to do so, if I, if I really am excited about my project, uh, that's a very different reason to want to move fast and get things done because you are engaged in, in, your, in your work. And so for me, that's the ideal.
0: So I want to dive into two things here that I don't want to forget before we get off this podcast today. And one is going to be your both your evening and morning routine, because I think those do go, you know, we're focusing on the morning here, but I think the evening is probably even more crucial. 90 percent, I've said before, 90 percent of what you do in the PM is going to determine what your AM looks like. Um, you can have all the great intention in the world and want to be as productive in, as you want to. But if you look at screens until you know midnight every night, probably not going to get up with a lot of enthusiasm at 5 a.m. The next, uh, <laughs> the next morning. So love to hear your evening and morning routines, what you're doing each day, what you're preparing for bed and what time that is and what you're doing to wind down. And then from the time your eyes open up until you feel like, hey, OK, I'm out of the morning routine now, what you're doing. And then we'll go into some of your other resources and uh, things like that. But also, along with your resources, I want to hit on time productivity, if you don't mind. I know that's a, maybe a little bleeding over into the day from the morning routine, but I still, you're great at that. And I want to make sure that our listeners get a chance to hear that. So if you don't mind, let's kick off first with evening and morning routines in that order. If you just share with us some of the hacks you're doing to prepare your body for sleep and then what you're doing when your eyes open to really, really dive into that morning productivity.
1: Sure. I think for the eating routine, I realized this kind of right in the beginning when I was doing my 5 a.m. wake up calls was that I had to be asleep. I would say the very latest by 10 o'clock. So I get seven hours of rest. Um, ideally, I want to be asleep by nine. So I'd have eight full hours of sleep. And so for me to be asleep by nine meant my entire day had to stop, I had to quit working. Um, i set an 8 p.m deadline which meant that i had until 8 p.m to do whatever it is i want to do that day and at 8 p.m it was all done so i would turn off the phone turn off the tv turn off the computer no electronics no screens by eight and so for the last hour of my day i would take a shower and read a book and that was my only mission just do those activities because that was my wind down procedure and i knew that once i was you know having the shower once i was reading my book i would just kind of drift from there and that has worked really well. I've I've stuck to a schedule pretty similar to that for the last five years. And so it is, it is effective if you stick to it, if you actually set a boundary and hold yourself to that, it does work because you have to have something, some reason to quit for the day, uh, to wrap things up and then plan your next day. Because a big part of my evening routine also before the 8 p.m. deadline hits is I schedule the next day's activities. So I'll schedule the morning routine. I'll schedule the next day's priorities and I'll remind myself of what those key things are. Uh, So that when I actually am stopping work for the day, I literally am done and mentally prepared already for the next day. And so I think that's
0: I think that's important to mention and and hang out on that for a second. I've heard you mention on your podcast before that you have an 8 p.m. cutoff for work. Yes. And that's how I remembered it. I hadn't heard you say that that also means that 8 p.m. cutoff is basically a cutoff for everything, for electronics, for screens, for all of that. That's very interesting because I think that's a little harder to stick to. I mean, we can all stop working, well, to some degree, we can all stop working by eight, right, as long as we're not going and checking emails and things like that. I think where most of us go wrong in the evening, me included, and sometimes I still get sucked into this and should know better, is the screens in the face after you feel like work is done. Now you're looking at YouTube videos, you're looking at, you know, whatever uh, you're looking at, scrolling through podcasts, whatever, but that that all just keeps you awake. So you're actually stopping, you're basically having a digital cutoff at eight o'clock, getting a shower and then reading, right? Yeah, I think that that's, it's been really important for me to have that. I know that I also don't have my
1: phone with me next to my bed or there's no electronics in my bedroom besides one TV that I hardly ever watch. And so my bedroom literally just has an alarm clock in it and that's all I need. And I, I have a second alarm clock in my home office across the hall. So I do have that back up there as well. Uh, But really, yeah, the key for me in the evening is to make sure that I am really going to have myself mentally prepared to fall asleep because I know that the quality of rest makes an enormous difference in how I feel the next day. And it's not just the number of hours, it's quality of hours as well. And so that's a big focus for me is making sure that that can happen. Uh, It's not always easy. I mean, you're right. There's tendencies to want to watch YouTube videos, look at Facebook, you know, spend so much time on your phone or whatever else it is. And so that is a real practice in self-discipline to make sure that you can stop work stop looking at the screens and actually just go to sleep. Uh, it's so easy to keep going. I think that's the hardest thing for me, especially is I, I want to keep going. I want to keep engaging, but that, at some point has to stop and then we go from there.
0: Jeff, are you doing anything in that evening routine to help you wind down other than take a shower and read? I know, you know, I, I know reading not on a screen, right, but an actual book, if people still remember, uh, you know, how to do that outside of an iPad or something, Kindle or something like that, but an actual book, are you doing anything as far as melatonin or uh, sleepy time tea, or you know? I just hear all these different things people are doing out there. Is there anything you are doing that helps besides just getting into a book? I think
1: the best thing for me, as much as I would love to say that I drink tea at night, I just tend to try to do whatever I can to not think about things I care about. Which sounds kind of bizarre, but if I like, I really get like caught up in things that I, I want to think about. So if I'm reading, uh, for example, like I love to read nonfiction self-help books, but if I read those at night. I get really into the topic. And so I try to choose to do things that will quiet my mind more than anything else. My body will tend to be quiet. once If I lay down, I'll fall asleep physically. But mentally, though, I really have to do things that just
0: like, I do things that are just engaging. So can we talk about your morning routine at this point from the time the eyes open? I know you said you're getting up, you're taking a run, or you're doing some things that are helping you move a little bit slower, just not diving into just reactionary type work, as I call it. Take us through that for what you do each day to help people know how to structure their morning? Sure, my
1: morning routines are all focused on the theme of energy, which means that my number one goal is to do whatever I can to be as energized as possible before the workday actually begins. And so for most mornings, what that means is I wake up and like to you know get to the workout as soon as I can, which generally is probably within 45 minutes of waking up. Uh, so I wake up and the first thing I do is drink, a full liter of water is the goal. I'll drink a half a liter of water before the workout, the other half after the workout. So hydration is a major part of my morning routine. I get the water in, you know, get dressed for the workout, head out for the run, come back, shower, make my morning smoothie, uh, which is kind of like my breakfast at that point. So I'm trying to do those activities that are engaging my body physically. Some mornings I'll work in some reading time before I go for the run. It kind of depends on what my activity is that day or how pressed I am for time. But generally speaking, I like to make sure that my morning is all focused on, you know, hydration and energy and exercise and smoothies and whatever it is going to make me feel alive as soon as possible. And if I do those things, then when the workday begins, usually around 8 a.m., then I am fully awake and ready to go. And so that's the whole plan for me is if I can get the energy in the rest of the day is that much better. So you get your water in, get your workout
0: in. How long are you typically working out? I know it could vary, but how long typically are you working out in the
1: mornings? Generally between 30 and 60 minutes, it kind of depends on the workout. Um, some days are longer if I'm doing a training for a marathon, but right now I'm not, so my workouts are a little bit shorter, but I'd say no more than an hour. And then typically, is it into straight into work after that? Or are you grabbing something to eat? Yeah, I'll tend to eat after the workout um, a little bit. And then I kind of eat as the day progresses. I work from home, and so eating for me just kind of happens whenever it happens. I don't have really set meal times per se, Uh, But I just try to make sure that if I'm hungry, I have food. Other than that, I'm really, I dive into work fairly quickly because in the morning, I know that my mind is alive and ready to think. And especially if I had a workout that day, I'm definitely ready to think a lot more. And so if I can dive into my most important work project as soon as possible, then I'll have that focus block of time set aside for that. Uh, I like to have at least an hour and a half of a focus block that I can dive into where I am prioritizing my most important objective that day. And when I get those kinds of of focus blocks in, my day is even better from there. So you have the the workout plus a focus block. It's a really powerful first few hours of the day.
0: And are you doing just a little bit off topic, but not really here? I talk a lot of my podcast about just peak performance, you know, biohacks and things like that, that we can do. Are you taking any, uh, any nootropics, any, anything like that to help just stay in deep focus, you know, brain focus while you're going through everything? Not specifically with those, I do have, my morning smoothie is a really a powerful part of the
1: nutrition aspect for me, but also in terms of actual focus, I listen to a, a music service called Focus at Will, which is a really powerful way to kind of engage your mind without having to have the distractions because the music tracks that are on that service are specifically designed to make sure you're not distracted. And so it makes your your brain actually tune out the music completely so that you can focus your energy mentally on what you're doing. And I find that that, like wearing headphones, listening to that music, it just lasers me in right away. And so if I can put on those headphones and, and get working, um, it's incredible how fast my brain will adjust to that and I'll dive right in. That's awesome. Is it is it similar to like classical type music or just slower beats per minute that gets your brain engaged, I guess? Yeah, they got a, v- a variety of stations to choose from. I choose one that's called Up Tempo, which kind of just sounds like a, a, a slow drum beat basically. And that's enough for me to get going from there. And I think it's, it's really effective.
0: Great. I'll link that in the uh, in the show notes in case it's helpful for other people as well. And then as far as the shifting gears here on the productivity side of things, I know that, you know, you're really big on the morning and being productive in the morning, but a lot of your podcasts, episodes, and a lot of the guests that you have on talk about being productive just in life in general or all through the day. What are, I know, you know, we could spend probably 10 podcast episodes just on that alone, just being better versions of ourselves with more productivity. What are some of the most helpful things you found uh, either in that early morning time or throughout the day that has helped you really become passionate about just being so much more productive? Recently, last probably like five
1: or six months of my life. I've had a really strong focus on minimalism, and I'm using that kind of beyond the sense of just owning fewer things. Although so that's also really important to me. But really, that, and this aspect of saying I want to have the fewest number of things going on at any given time. And so for me to be extremely productive, I really can only do one thing. If I do that one thing really well and focus on that, then I get a lot of progress. And so the most important and challenging thing for me personally is to get rid of all those distractions, is to let go of everything that I should not be doing, uh, including email, including Facebook, including, you know, even my own ideas for other projects. And so I think the best days that I have that are productive are days where I actually do a fewer number of tasks, but those are really important tasks. And they're the the highest priority projects and the things that need to get done more than anything else and spend a huge amount of time on those things, then I get tons of progress, way more than I would if I was trying to tackle a hundred small tasks. And so I think my most important and productive days are those days where I am really focused on minimalism, on doing a very few number of things, but making sure those are high priority things. And if that's my whole day, that to me is an ideal productivity day. And I tend to have those more often now than I have in the past. I mean, because I'm focused on that aspect and wanting to achieve that more, And it it really is powerful. I'm really excited about that right now.
0: I know you and I both had a chance to uh, visit with Jesse Itzler on our podcast. And I know one of the things that he does is a pie chart where he maps out his day. He's got three hours to himself every single day that he has on there. Are you using any productivity tools like that that you found to be helpful? Uh, Not like a pie chart, but I do use a a task manager
1: app called Nozbe. It's N-O-Z-B-E. And that's my digital task manager. It's basically my fancy to-do list. I use that to keep everything focused and that's where I will create blocks of time. It's where I will organize what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to do Uh, that really is my master schedule. And if everything is really streamlined there, Uh, then generally speaking, I can stay very focused throughout the day. And so that really is my intention every day is to make sure that list is short and powerful and
0: effective. And if it is, uh, then the odds are are really in my favor to to be productive that day. Where do you find you get bogged down the most in being less productive to where you get to the end of the day and go, crud, man, I really missed the mark. I got caught up in this or that. What is it for you? It is always other people asking things from me.
1: (laughs) That is always the thing. Because I love to say yes to people. I love to say yes to a lunch or a coffee or a Facebook chat or a webinar. Like there are so many things to say yes to. And I think the most important thing for me is to say no all the time. And so that has become extraordinarily important, especially as my minimalism, you know, focus has increased. I have to say no a lot. Has it gotten and easier to say no? Because I know it's really tough for most people. It is so hard. It has not gotten any easier. Granted, I've got more templates that I use. Like I have certain like email templates I've saved so I can, you know, give somebody kind of a, you know a corporate speech of like why I'm not available. But I hate doing that because it feels so fake. But at the same time, it's like I have to say no. Like there has to be something that I say to people that is, you know, I can't say yes to everything. And so that has become my greatest challenge, I would say, in the last few months is figuring out, you know, graceful ways to turn somebody down, uh, which is tough, but it has to be done.
0: Yeah, especially in the world of social media today, it it helps us connect, uh, I guess you could say, for lack of a better word, just way too easily. And if you're uh, if you're available out there all the time for people, then you're totally going against what it is that your brand probably stands for on that. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you say though, that it's not gotten any easier because I, I know it has not been for me either. And you know, I didn't know if that ever changed. So creating templates, creating, uh, I know you said use noseby How long have you been using that? About three and a half years. Okay. So I know I've heard you mention that several times on the podcast as well. Anything else that you can mention for our readers that can be found? Uh, obviously tons of stuff on your website, as I keep mentioning Anything else you can mention that was helpful for you when you first started changing your life toward the just kind of the roadway of productivity and getting more engaged with what you're doing each day that you're still using, you believe in and you could share with us? Yeah, I think one
1: thing that I've been using for a long time is a daily habits tracker. And so you can use there's apps for this. There's a million different ones to choose from. I just have a very simple Excel spreadsheet that I use where I just have a list of of six habits every day that I want to focus on. And my goal every day is to make sure that I do those six habits. I mean, just as an example, um, I have to wake up at five, workout, have a smoothie, have a deep work session, eat a salad, and read. So those are my six things that I want to make sure that every day I do at least one of those six things, or all of those six things at least, at least one time. And so that's the goal every day is to do those habits. And if I can stick to those core things, like those things that I know will ensure that my day has gone well, then I tend to have better days and they're more productive. And so I, a really helpful thing is to write down, like, what are my core habits? So what are those things that I know when I do them I am more successful I'm more productive. And I think when you have that list and you know those things and you record them and you stay, you know, stick up with that list and you make sure you're doing those things, you get those results. And I think it's really powerful to have identified in a very specific way what matters in your life and what brings you results.
0: So I'll put you on the hot seat here. Are you finding that you're able to accomplish those things each day? Not every day, no.
1: I think that every day is different. There's always new challenges. And so I don't have this goal to be have a perfect schedule. Like I'm not trying to get all six things done seven days a week, but I w- would ideally like to hit that at least 80% of the time and say that the, the majority of the time I am doing the things that work. Um, some days are better than others. Some days I'll work out twice and some days I'll have lots of work sessions. And so it's kind of varies day to day, uh, but at the end of the week, I'll look at the overall schedule and ask myself, well, how did this week actually fare out? If I didn't do well, why not? And what am I going to do next week to make sure it's better? And so I am doing these checkups to make sure that, you know, if the schedule doesn't work for me, well, why not? And what am I going to do to fix that?
0: I think that's key because I find that there's not to that level of that many things throughout the day. There have been times, though, that I'm like, okay, I want to do these certain things throughout the day. And it becomes self-defeating sometimes if you can't get to each one of them. I know for me and other people out there as well, I've I've heard over and over from people, it just feels like, man, I'm not hitting these. I'm not measuring up each day. So I love the fact that you're on board with using a a percentage qualifier there. 80% of the time you're trying to get that in. And some days will look very different than others. Just like some evenings will look different. We can't get to bed at the exact same time. And some mornings will look different, but you have to adapt. You have to adjust. And as long as you're doing it for, you know, 80% of the time, you're just going to be a lot better off. It's a compound effect going that way shift gears to your website here and your content obviously your book is out I want to steer traffic that way but also your website I mean there's a lot of websites out there with resources on there but you have a ton of stuff over there that people can click on and go to walk us through that a little bit and what your your mind frame was and setting that up to where there's just a resource library over there for people to utilize.
1: Yeah, I think that was kind of my intention when I first started the website about four and a half, five years ago was that I wanted to have a place where people could find whatever it is they're looking for, which the things I was, you know, really producing, which was things around healthy habits and personal growth and productivity. And so, you know, I've created some free resources you can download. the 5am club is kind of my, my go-to newsletter slash, you know, membership area. We can join for free and get some free downloads. But beyond that, I've got, you know, probably 400 plus blog posts. I've got over 200 episodes of the podcast. So there's a lot of content to, to sift through. It's really just a question of what category do you want to dive into most you know, most heavily? And then just finding those kind of top uh, posts or episodes from there and starting with those things that you care about right now, because obviously there's a lot to go through all at once. And so for most people, they just tend to say, well, right now in my life, I'm focusing on my health. Or
0: right now it's my productivity. And so kind of pick and choose those things from there. And there's, there's a lot to go through. And what were you doing before in life? I meant to ask you that earlier. What were you doing before you got on this entrepreneurial journey of uh, of just productivity and the morning and all of that? I've had a very eclectic kind of background
1: with careers because I I graduated college with uh, majors in theater and psychology and realized right away that I didn't want to do either one of those things professionally. And so I just kind of took odd jobs for a lot of years I worked at a bank, I worked at the Apple store, I've worked at a career college. So I kind of did all these random things. And when I was not working those jobs, I didn't really like, I was building this side business because I discovered early on that I did want to work for myself. I just didn't know how that was going to pan out. And so once I discovered personal development and I discovered public speaking and podcasting and writing books, and knew that was a career path. I was like, oh, well, that's what I want to do. And so it took many years of kind of working on the side until one day, about two and a half years ago, while the job I was working at went bankrupt and they closed the doors. And so I was unemployed overnight, slash now a full-time entrepreneur
0: overnight. And so I've been making that work ever since. So Jeff, tell us where we can best find you in the world of social media, your website. If someone's wanting to connect with you after hearing you here and go to your resources page and all of that, where's the best place for us to find you? Well, jeffsanders.com
1: is the website. Uh, The podcast, The 5 AM Miracle, is on iTunes. And the book, The 5 AM Miracle, is on Amazon.
0: And thanks so much, Jeff. We'll record all of that in the show notes. That way people can find you. And I would highly encourage all of you out there to start building your morning around a productive schedule, which starts with getting up earlier and doing that incrementally over time. Doesn't feel great at first, but as you heard from us earlier today and all through the podcast, whatever is going to provoke you to start changing your habits, it's only going to be when you find the benefit in it. And for us, that's been the morning. So loved having you on today and excited to have a chance to get you on. And uh, I think more and more people need to be locking into the uh, the morning potential. So thanks so much, Jeff. Yeah, thanks, Jared. A lot of fun today. Hey guys, as always, if you've enjoyed the Success 101 podcast, head over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating and even a review. That's what tells Apple that you think this show is awesome and keeps this thing going on into the future. If you want to connect directly with me, the best way to do that is my email address, which is info at success101podcast.com, or you can catch me on a wide platform of social media outlets, including Facebook at facebook.com slash success 101 podcast on Twitter at Warren, Jared, and on Instagram, my favorite form of social media at Success 101 Podcast. I loved having Jeff on the show today and hope you got a ton of productivity nuggets out of it so that you can go dominate your day before breakfast and live more productive lives where we work smarter and not harder to get many things accomplished in order to hit our peak performance and maximum potential. I'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Success 101 Podcast. Until then...